Hello and welcome back to the Decaf Recap. I'm your host, Lucas Velastos, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Instead of just talking about a movie or a couple of movies, uh, I want to focus on just a character uh, that has existed in a couple of movies, as well as mainly the comics and the animations, and just how the character has adapted, but also what makes the character so good, or what people would see as what makes the character so good. Today's character in question, though, is Superman. The boy in blue, the boy scout, the first superhero argued by many in the 20th century, and is just an iconic superhero in the genre in America. But what makes Superman so great? And one of the reasons why I want to talk about this is because it seems like he is inadaptable for the big screen. There have been adaptations of Superman on the big screen, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't seem like they work well with everyone or a slew of people. They only work for some people during a specific point in time, and after that, they just kind of, I wouldn't say fall apart, uh, but, but don't age well. The original Superman trilogy, case in point, worked very well for its time, even though it had a very campy feel at times, and they just gave Superman whatever power he needed to save the day. So they didn't really treat the character with seriousness, but it did have a look and feel that was supposed to be heroic and Superman-esque, one might say. But the basic question I'm asking here is what is a good adaptation of Superman? And so if we're going to be talking about adaptations, I just wanted to give a few examples that I think are worth dissecting. We're going to be talking about the Superman original trilogy, Superman Returns, Man of Steel, and then there's the Superman, the animated series, Superman Unchained, which is an animated movie. And I just want to focus on those five properties because they're very important on what you could say is the different flavors of Superman and the evolution of the character and his adaptation over the course of time in other medias other than comics. Now, before we go into these five pieces of media, there is one basic fact that must be stated about Superman from the comics, directly from the comics. And that is, when Superman was first created back in 1938, he was supposed to represent anti-fascism. He is supposed to be a character that goes directly against the tide that would be fascist ideals. And that's partly in his origin, which we do see in the original Superman trilogy. As a baby, Kal-El is put in a rocket and sent to Earth before his, uh, the destruction of Krypton. That whole spiel is very reminiscent and takes a lot of inspiration from the story of Moses. Because Moses was a character who, at, a, at, the, at birth, had to be whisked away and sent downstream in a river. Otherwise, he was going to be killed along with all the other children born that day. So... There is something Christ-like, there is something uh, religious-like with the character of Superman, just in how his story is told. How he is the last of a, a people, how he is supposed to be the savior, or destined to be the savior. And that happens, that is shown in most of the adaptations that we have here. I mean, it is one of the most well-known origin stories, even for people who don't see comics, read comics, or really enjoy it. It's hard to press to find people who don't understand who Superman is, or at least know a little bit about Superman. But what's interesting is what makes a good Superman 
is not something that is uh, well stated. In the situation of the original Superman trilogy, Superman was purely given whatever power he needed to save the day. Occasionally, he showed to be clever. Occasionally, he showed to have some sort of heroic actions, and that was definitely there. There was a very upbeat feel to the whole original trilogy. But, again, he was just kind of given whatever power he needed to save the day. His character was never really challenged. Um, there was very few moments where it seemed to, uh, to work outside of the campiness of uh, what people saw as comic books that back then. Like, the, the material was more or less put together and uh, wasn't taken too seriously or questioned anything that Superman did. It was just Superman saving the day in certain aspects. And they never really justified how he did it. I mean, there, some of it's very memeable in the sense that you have Superman being able just to turn back the entire world and that reverses time somehow, and then he can just save the day. Because then at that point, if they have time travel and they can just do that at will, what's keeping Superman from saving the day from any threat that comes his way? And so it was things like that that didn't make the original trilogy age well, as well as the fact they just didn't have the budget to really show off Superman's powers. I mean, this is a person who's supposed to be faster than a speeding bullet. This is someone who can shoot lasers from his eyes. And that wasn't something they had really fully achieved yet as far as uh, CGI and just having the budget to do those type of practice or those type of effects. It wasn't until you have the movie Superman Returns that they basically took the look and feel of the original trilogy, put that in the film, and then just added a higher budget to add CGI to show the Man of Steel being just indestructible, being able to use his powers. But again, they do not challenge the character of Superman. At the end of the day. In Superman Returns, Superman just uh, saves the day. He just resists the uh, urge to allow Kryptonite to weaken him and just ends up saving the day and stopping Lex Luthor's evil, evil plan to basically conquer the world. But there's never an arc with the character. There's like very little they build off of Superman. In fact, it's almost preordained. That Superman is supposed to be already great, already a hero. He doesn't need to develop into a hero. He just is a hero at the beginning of these films. And that is very, I would argue, counterproductive. Because if you have a character who already is a hero, who already uh, can sacrifice what he needs to sacrifice in order to save the day, already understands how to use his powers for good and not evil, if he understands all that already, and is just you know, developed all that off screen, then where is the conflict? What do we get out of Superman saving the day? I mean, at the end of the day, it's just there's nothing to be learned. Or there's nothing new to add to the character that these films do. And so even though it looks like Superman, he has the iconic outfit from, um, from the comics, and even though he does things that are Superman-esque, there doesn't seem to be anything that really works with audiences. And that's partly because they never establish a good conflict in these adaptations in his live-action movies. So, where do we go from here? Well, the next adaptation that we get is Man of Steel. And there's a lot to be said about Man of Steel and Zack Snyder's uh, directing on it. But it is a 180 from what we usually get from a Superman film. Up until that point, we'd gotten things that were upbeat, 
we had gotten things that were, you know, very heroic, uh, but we also just got Superman saving the day, was overpowered, like, like, there was not anything that we got from the original trilogy or Superman Returns that was a sense of conflict. There, and there was uh, another thing where people felt like it was kind of goofy. The original trilogy, Superman Return, didn't really offer anything that took its seriousness, or to, uh, didn't offer anything that showed it to be serious. Then Zack Schneider comes along and creates Man of Steel. And Man of Steel, even though it has a lot of faults, does take the material with a lot more seriousness. It shows the destruction of Krypton as being something extremely violent, extremely uh, huge and just on a, on a bigger scale than we've seen before. And that was interesting. There was a lot of sob subplots that they didn't really need to show all at once in the destruction of Krypton, but at the same time, that does kind of show the, the, the state of mind on how there was so much happening at once so quickly for an advanced society that it just could not handle the capacity to deal with all these problems, deal with the uh, General Zod, just deal with the uh, different situations that popped up. And as a result, Krypton was lost. Now, that was interesting. Even despite its faults, Man of Steel is interesting in the form that it takes the source material very seriously. Maybe too seriously. Because one of the things that a lot of people are divided on when it comes to Man of Steel is it is kind of a downer for a film. You're shown Superman, but he's reluctant. He's more Clark Kent than he is Kal-El. And by the time he realizes his the full potential of his powers, the time he realizes where he comes from and things like that, he still hasn't become uh, a hero. Sure, he saves the day, he saves the world, but the end of Man of Steel has that moment that really divided the entire uh, audience, which is where Superman murders his uh, enemy or the antagonist of the film with his bare hands. And even though there is uh, a weight to the scene in the form that Superman is really questioning whether or not it was a good idea to do that, whether or not he's a hero for doing that, but at the same time, a lot of people saw that as not being Superman-like. Because Superman isn't really known for killing his enemies. I mean, he doesn't just go around killing Lex Luthor whenever Lex Luthor pulls a, a scheme and tries to take over the world. So when this happened on screen, it was a turning point. Now, some people agreed with it. Some people were like, okay, we have a Superman who's a little bit more practical with his thinking, uh, who's a little bit more straightforward, maybe something more with our times. But then a lot of people from who were just in love with the comics, in love with the character, said, no, this isn't Superman. He's too dark. He's too brooding. And that's not Superman. So there was this divide in Man of Steel that does kind of uh, still exist to this day, especially with the future properties um, starring Henry Cavill as Superman. But I want to get into those in an, another day. I feel like Man of Steel is enough just to get around what Zack Snyder does with Superman. Now, he does show Superman to be a Christ figure, albeit not very subtle at times, but that is in line with a lot of what Superman is about. Superman is supposed to be a character who is supposed to be Christ-like, who is supposed to be this character who, you know, fights for the little man and is usually striving against anti-fascist ideas. And so it does make sense to be showing Superman in that light. That is not uninvited just purely based on his origin, purely based on how he was created in the first place. The question is, what is a good adaptation of Superman? Because these uh, films, 
these live-action films still have their faults, still show Superman as either too quirky and overpowered, or they show him too dark and brooding. So you have this undercorrection or overcorrection in his live-action adaptations. And I'm not entirely sure how that came to be, other than the fact that just people wanted something that was a little bit more realistic, and that took a, a turn for what some people saw as the worst. And other people just enjoyed it. They enjoyed it because it was something they could understand. They could get behind this adaptation of Superman in The Man of Steel because they were showing him um, being a little bit more like us. And there was development for the character in Man of Steel, which up until that point hadn't really been seen. I mean, there's a little bit of development, one can argue, in the original trilogy for Superman, but it's still not on the level of what a lot of people could really see or really do. It was just what uh, Superman was dealing with at the time in a minute fashion. Lois Lane dies, go back in time and fix it. Um, having a trouble adapting with your powers, simply just flip the switch and get your powers back. It was very quirky in that sense. And Man of Steel wasn't quirky for the most part. It was just very dark, and that didn't resonate with a lot of audiences. So where do we go from here? If the live-action adaptations of Superman don't seem to be up to par with what a lot of people want, in the sense that they still want a character who is iconic, they still want him to be heroic, but they want development, they want things to be a little bit more seriousness, or have a, a sense of seriousness, where do we go from there? Well, there is a bit of a middle ground that seems to work fairly well with fans and fairly new, well with newcomers. Uh, there's the Superman the animated series, which ran around the same time in the late uh, 1990s, early 2000s, as, um, as Batman the Animated Series. And Superman the Animated Series, although it's um, less known, it's not as known as, um, I'd argue, Batman the Animated Series, it's still fairly popular. It still uh, took a lot of the character that people knew and enjoyed and showed it in a very nice fashion. In fact, Superman, in animated form, has a very interesting and rich history, I would argue. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tangent here, but Superman was shown back in the, I believe, the 1950s, and because he was uh, shown in more of a, a cartoonish fashion, one of the big things was they couldn't show him um, jumping, because it used to be that he didn't have flight, he would just jump from building to building. And it was very hard back in the day for them to animate like that. So they just gave him the, the ability of flight. And so a lot of what we know as the iconic version of Superman uh, came to be uh, through animation, through the fact that uh, they couldn't, uh, they didn't have the budget to really show him jumping from building to building, so they just gave him flight. They just changed a lot of his powers. Um, and that adapted as the times went on. But in the Superman the Animated Series, it seemed to take most of the best elements of Superman, adapt it for just kids to enjoy on a Saturday uh, morning, and really ran with it. Like, Kids WB really knew what they were doing. Um, what's it? Warner Brothers. Uh, I might be mixing up my, my animated franchises. All right, that aside, um, Superman the Animated Series took the best of uh, from the comics adapted it fairly nicely. Uh, you had excellent voice acting. They captured the character of Superman and the difference between him and Clark Kent. 
Uh, one of the main, one of the massive differences is that just the fact that Clark Kent is supposed to be uh, kind of cowardish, is shown as a coward, is shown as someone who's constantly stumbling, constantly late, uh, not shown as someone to be idolized as Superman. Uh, and that's partly how uh, Superman hides as Clark Kent. And there's been a huge debate, you know, who's the real person, uh, Clark Kent or Superman. And there's, there's a lot to unpack in trying to figure that out. But right now we're just focusing on what is a good adaptation of Superman. And the animated series, I think, has a lot going for it. Partly because they're showing the character as being heroic in just small fashions. Him saving the day. If there's a plane crash, uh, if there's a plane crash, Superman saves the passengers. If someone's car is just uh, going out of whack in Metropolis and is about to fly off of, uh, off of a, a bridge, Superman saves the day. Things like that resonate fairly well. Because Superman is just supposed to be saving people from just sometimes every everyday problems. Well, not everyday problems, but just accidents that happen, forces of nature. Uh, he's not constantly battling, you know, these crazy godlike beings. And when he is, it's usually for a very uh, deliberate and drastic measure uh, that has come to be. For example, when Superman is fighting Brainiac in the original animated series, there's a lot of weight behind that fight. Because Brainiac in this adaptation came from Krypton and was actually a program created by, um, by Kal-El's father, Jor-El. And so there was this history, this unknown history to Superman between him and the program that was known as Brainiac. And the, the battle that, that is shown there is a situation where they're kind of fighting over not just the fate of Earth, but also... Uh, the remnants of Krypton, because Brainiac has information in a small pocket uh, a city, or a miniaturized city, that was from Krypton. I believe it was the, the capital Krypton. Not entirely sure on that. But the idea is there was a lot of weight behind the two fighting. And even though it was, you know, Earth is at stake, it was personal to Superman, because he's fighting someone who is from his home world. He's fighting someone who has the history and culture and even potential survivors from Krypton. And so that's huge for uh, for Superman, for Kal-El. And they tried to do a similar thing in Man of Steel, albeit in a less uh, colorful fashion. You know, Zod comes to Earth and he wants to colonize it and in, just sees humans as kind of in the way, so he wants to get rid of them. And that just kind of led to a very dark and frightening state of mind for the rest of the film. Superman saves the day in that film, sure, but it's so... It, it's just strange how it's done. Because there's a certain savagery, there's a certain uh, darkness to it. The destruction of Metropolis when Superman is fighting um, Zod in Man of Steel is... It, sure, it's great to look at, but the question is, like, how many people are dying in this? How many people are being hurt? One of the big things about Superman that is definitely shown in the animated series is that when he's fighting someone, he's usually very aware of his surroundings to the point where he will deliberately uh, throw bad guys out of the city if they're going to cause massive damage because he wants to protect everyone. If someone is, is, is in jeopardy during a battle, he will throw away the strategic advantage to save those people. And Man of Steel didn't quite show that. It just showed, you know, Henry Cavill as Superman 
fighting Zod. It didn't really show him saving the day in that fashion. There was a little bit of problem with, uh, or not problem, but uh, depth of character when Superman has to, you know, uh, trade either uh, Krypton over Earth, and so he has to make that decision, you know, the future of Krypton or the destruction of Earth. And that was interesting, that was cool, but they didn't really take it for far enough, in my opinion, after that. It's just something that happens and doesn't seem to be mentioned. And in the animated series, like when uh, when Superman is done fighting Brainiac, when he destroys Brainiac's ship and he gets away with um, the last remnant of Krypton, there is this kind of tragicness behind it because he doesn't know how to access it. He doesn't know how to reverse what Brainiac did to this city um, that's just filled with Kryptonians. And so... And that's something that has constantly been come uh, has come back in the situation of what does he do with this information? What does he do with the, um, these people? And so things like that, and where he's he has what he wants right in front of him, but he has no way to access it, or he has no way to really create a future for his people. Things like that had, I think, a lot more gravitation with uh, with Superman fans and things of the like just because uh, the character still had a sense of trage uh, tragedy behind him, but it didn't make him um, brooding. It didn't make him sad. Um, in, in many cases, it just you know kind of gave him more of a reason to be heroic, to protect the life he had, to protect his adopted homeworld, because he could never really save Krypton, even when he had a remnant of Krypton in his possession. And that's something that um, they don't really hit the nail on the head when they're making a Superman movie live action, at least from what we've been seen, what we've been shown so far. So the animated series, highly recommend it. You get a lot of good stuff from Superman, and it's not even just Superman. It's the fact that they really do flush out um, his villains. You have Lex Luthor in there, and I don't know who voices Lex Luthor, but you have this this deep, demanding, powerful voice to represent Lex Luthor in that, and they show him as being this greedy person you know, uh, completely egotistical, but very, very uh, ingenious in his plots against Superman. Even more so in the Justice League, uh, or Justice League Unlimited, which was uh, animated by the same crew that animated Superman the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series, and just the the, the level of, of uh, um, would it be, or the maniacalness, I guess, the maniacalness of uh, and the malicious nature that is Lex Luthor and how far he goes to try to mess with Superman and why. And so they really do flush out a lot of Superman's villains, mainly Lex Luthor in the animated series, to really back up why why someone or why Metropolis needs a Superman. And I think that's one of the biggest things to keep in mind is that Superman by himself is more or less kind of a boring character. I mean, he has an interesting history and that history is interesting to dive into, but only when it's in conflict with his adopted homeworld, when it's something that is affecting uh, his state of mind, his character, and how he deals with that. And usually, Superman needs some sort of agent to fight him. I mean, at the end of the day, every superhero needs a villain to fight, but for Superman, it is fundamental because he is supposed to be anti-fascist. He's supposed to have this whole upbeat feel of, you know, fighting for the little man and taking out people who would do uh, the sum of people wrong. And to show that in a movie 
is, I wouldn't say it's impossible, I wouldn't say it's, but it is difficult. It is difficult because you need to flesh out a character who is, or a, a villain, or an anti-hero who has those fascist ideals in, maybe in the background, maybe in the foreground, but whatever the case, Superman works when he's fighting fascism. That is just the nature, the basics of what the character is all about. And one example of this in an mo- uh, animated movie I would highly recommend is Superman Unchained. Superman Unchained came out uh, after Man of Steel, I think maybe by a year or two, and it's just a small, straight-to-DVD animated film. But I think it has some things going for it. To begin with, it treats Lois Lane with a, a certain seriousness in the fact that she knows who Superman is. So there's that. They don't try to, to shy away from that. They just say they just accept the idea that, oh, she's covered Superman enough times, or Superman has finally um, shown his, his true nature to uh, Lois Lane, and they're, they're together. And so there's a little bit of tension there with how they become a couple and how they move forward. But on top of that, on top of just, you know, building a future with Superman, it brings it back to Brainiac and Brainiac holding a city uh, that belonged to Krypton. And it shows just the, the difference between, you know, Brainiac and Superman and how their mindsets are, are um, combative. Because Brainiac, his whole spiel, his whole uh, plan or goal is to gain the information from all the, the sentient worlds and then destroy them and then keep them for himself. And so he's trying to basically have this digital, this digitized universe of all the information, of all the collective worlds, and then he would own it all. And as a result, he would kind of be like this god. He would kind of own everything. Or, as he said, he would become everything because he had it all. And so right off the bat, they show the character of Brainiac as being a fascist, as being someone who wants to rule over everything and everyone. And that is fundamental for creating, I would argue, a good superhero or a good Superman movie. Because Superman works at his best when he's fighting fascism. When Brainiac says he wants to control and rule over everything, boom. That brings uh, Kal-El as Superman into the mix and gives him not just a reason to do what he does, but really um, can flush out his character. Because again, there's a history between Brainiac and Superman in the, fa- in the fact that Superman's homeworld, um, one, one of their cities was taken by Brainiac. And so Brainiac owns a part of Krypton, a part of his culture. So now it goes from saving the Earth, you know, uh, stopping Brainiac from doing all these terrible things, to also saving Krypton. So it gets very personal on a lot of levels for the Man of Steel. But it doesn't forget what Superman is all about. When Superman uh, goes and fights Brainiac on his ship, he eventually retreats and comes back to Earth. And even though he has... Uh, Krypton in his possession, or a part of Krypton with him now, in the miniaturized city um, that uh, that Brainiac uh, shrank and stole. Even though he's accomplished that, he's taken that back to Earth, but he hasn't defeated uh, Brainiac. Brainiac is still on the large. And uh, in this animated film, you have Supergirl, who is the cousin of Kal-El, and wants to know, why didn't you just destroy Su- uh, uh, Brainiac right then and there? Why didn't you destroy his ship? Why didn't you just destroy Brainiac once you got the, uh, the city from Krypton. And Superman explains very elegantly, there were other worlds on that ship. There were other people, thousands of lives, that he couldn't get rid of. 
Because if he got rid of them, if he just if he destroyed um, Brainiac, then he would also destroy all of them. And so they show Superman as someone who worries about everyone. Sure, he saved his home world first, but he was planning on going back, stopping Brainiac, and getting and getting the rest of the uh, worlds out there, or figuring out what to do with them. So he is an overpowered character, but they can show him in lights where he's someone who has to deal with astronomical odds, has to deal with the fact that there are thousands of other worlds that Brainiac has to deal with or has um, uh, has on his ship, and he wants to save all of them because he see he values life in that sense. So they put together, I think, a decent film that really shows what Superman is all about in Superman Unchained. And... Brainiac is one of those characters we've never seen on the big screen, which I think would be awesome, but we're never really going to get that, I feel like. Lex Luthor's cool, but Lex Luthor's not nearly as crazy dangerous as Brainiac. And this film, even though it's an animated form, even though, you know, it went to the the small screen CD uh, straight to DVD right away, I think it works as far as just what makes a good adaptation of Superman. And the main animated series works. Man of Steel like I said, has a lot going for it, just in the sense that it treats things serious, or with a seriousness, but it still falls flat because it's a bit too brooding. It doesn't seem to have the heroic feel that a lot of other Superman properties have, that a lot of people relate to as being a good adaptation of Superman. So his animated films, his animated TV series, seems to capture a lot more of his light, a lot more of a colorful personality, for the, the, the man in blue, for the man with the red cape. But his other films, uh, his live-action adaptations, seem to fall short. And I think one of the reasons for that is because they don't establish certain grounds for the character. And these are things that have already been established. They just need to take and adapt onto the big screen. The situation of Superman works best when he's fighting fascism is just the, the cornerstone or the, the foundation of what the film should be built on. And then showing how far he goes, you know, at what length does he go to save other people, and uh, how how much of a uh, disadvantage he's at when fighting some sort of um, terrible or evil force that represents fascism. Superman Unchained, I think, shows that very nicely and shows um, the conflict between Superman just within his nature and the conflict of you know, a character and an evil such as Brainiac. I wish they would do that for a live-action film or something similar, but chances are we're just not going to get that. Um, unless unless we get really lucky with just like the right people involved. But that's what I see as a good adaptation of Superman. Superman Unchained. Highly recommend it. Check it out. See what you think. And let me know what you think. This is the Decaf Recap, where we talk about movies after their hype. This time it was a little bit different, just more of a character analysis than anything else. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under the t- uh, name Luke the G Velastos, and you can uh, send me any sort of messages you want about what I do, about um, my whole spiel on this on this uh, podcast, and let me know what you think. Do you think that Superman is a character who can be adapted uh, to the big screen or the small screen, or do you think that's something that they should just kind of uh, leave alone and do something different. What would you want to see DC do with the character? 
And what do you think they should do now that they're trying to, if I'm correct, reboot their entire franchise? Let me know what you think, and have a nice day.